Blog Talk Radio. Back at it again. It's another edition of the NUC NFL Draft Bible Radio Show, Draft Digest Presents. And we got a jam-packed show ready, lined up for you. We're all ready to go for the 2015 NFL Supplemental Draft, which will be conducted tomorrow. And there's a handful of prospects looking for the first supplemental draft player to be selected since 2012 with Josh Gordon. And to break it all down for us today is NUC NFL Draft Bible Senior Analyst Joe Everett. We welcome him into the show. What do you say, Joe? I'm fired up, living in a college football paradise, uh, racking up 200-plus games I've watched just from last year. Uh, is it September yet? That's my only question. No, but it's draft season round two, NFL supplemental draft coming tomorrow. Lots of prospects to talk about. And if you want exclusive scouting reports, interviews, projections, podcasts, uh, get the 411 over at NUCGold.com. Check out the all-new NFLDraftBible.com. And if you're not a member, I'm going to do you a little favor. Use my promotional code here. It is RIC2015. Enter that promotional code right there. Save yourself 20%, folks, or just check out a seven-day free trial. So NUCGold.com, NFLDraftBible.com, the all-new NFLDraftBible.com launching today, so my man Tim says. So be on the lookout for that. Also want to give a shout-out to uh, MyFantasyLeague.com for all their support throughout the years. Uh, I don't know how many drafts between you and I, Joe, are on MyFantasyLeague.com. We definitely recommend them. And also a shout-out to Miami Mike's up in East Hanover, New Jersey. Uh, we're worldwide, but New Jersey. Joe, of course, is out in Indianapolis. But if you're in New Jersey, join us every Sunday at Miami Mike's. You can get your Miami Dolphins PSL tickets now. Check that out. We'll have uh, jersey giveaways for NUCGold.com members all season long. So if you want to get yourself a free Giants jersey, Dolphins jersey, whatever jersey, uh, come join us on Sundays during the football season at Miami Mike's. And also, a new sponsor to the show, Spanish Pavilion in Harrison, New Jersey. Check that out. New beer garden, $2 domestics, $3 imports, uh, beers all day long out of the beer garden. Joe, that sounds like my kind of party right there. And they also have private rooms available for your fantasy football drafts. Uh, you can have a draft outside on the patio. Very nice. Uh, very good sangria. I can vouch for that. And I had the paella the other night. Top-notch stuff. And for all you New Jersey people, it's a special treat for you today. Just announced minutes ago, a big, big, big event, first of its kind. Uh, if you are a top high school prospect, you definitely want to get on board with this uh, inaugural NUC New Jersey Top 50 Player Preview for NUCSports.com, the NUC Sports Magazine. A lot of heavy hitters in the high school football recruiting scene. Going to be in the house. Uh, Rivals.com, Scout.com, 247sports.com, Star Ledger, Asbury Park Pre uh, Press, of course, the NUC NFL Draft Bible on location. But, uh, you know, big event, top player preview. Uh, there's going to be a photo shoot, video interviews. Uh, this is your way to get out there to the colleges if you want to uh, try to expand your recruiting repertoire. Uh, Tony Collins, former New England Patriot running back as well, uh, going to be on hand. 
and uh, some some good sponsors at the event as well, including Gatorade, uh, Parabolic Performance, and New Jersey Orthopedic Institute. Okay, Joe, now that we got that out of the way, time <laughs> to dive right into the 2015 Supplemental Draft, and we're going to preview all of the players eligible for tomorrow. And just a little brief background about the Supplemental Draft. You know, they do it a little bit. I don't want to get too crazy involved with the whole format, but basically they take the 10 worst teams, throw them in a little rod, uh, lotto to, to figure out the uh, first round draft order, one through 10, and then the same thing with the second 10 and kind of tear it out. But I don't think we need to worry about that because there hasn't been a first round uh, pick used in the supplemental draft for 23 years, the last one being Dave Brown of the New York Giants. Uh, I think that was back in 1993, I believe. But uh, a lot of people don't remember or realize, uh, you know, some good players came out of the supplemental draft. We mentioned Josh Gordon. Uh, some people might not know Bernie Kozar, uh, Brian Bosworth, all hail from supplemental draft. Of course, Steve Walsh, that was a big one the year the Cowboys selected Troy Aikman. Uh, so I don't think we'll see any first-round selections, Joe, but we do have a prospect here who – you know, coming into the year, uh, he would have been a day two consideration for sure, starting at left tackle uh, for Clemson last year. Isaiah Battle, who actually just held his pro day yesterday, 26 teams in attendance, big six foot six, 312 pound tackle, ran the 40 yard dash in 529 and 521, had a 24.5 inch vertical jump, eight foot five broad. 12 reps on the bench press, maybe needs to get his weight up there, Joe, but huge, huge wingspan, 85 and a quarter inch wingspan, just tremendous. That's like eight foot wingspan and 35 and three quarter inch arms. Definitely the uh, prototypical size that NFL teams look for in a tackle prospect, Joe. Uh, what's the skinny on this kid? Well, just like you said, I mean, he's got these vines. Uh, he's built like a condor with those arms, and that, that explains the bench reps at 12. You know, usually uh, the tackles with those, you know, big old condor builds, they they, they struggle in the weight room. The guys that post those uh, high reps are most likely your guards and your short little stocky centers, throwing it up 45 times like a DT, whereas battle, he's, he's a prototype-looking uh, tackle. I mean, he comes off the bus – and he looks like the starting left tackle. And the games I've watched, though, I mean, just uh, referenced it earlier, you know, kind of go back last season and see what we've got here. Um, it just it seems to be more of a waist bender. Everything I see, it's just uh, not great technique. He does flash physicality, and when he gets his hands on somebody, uh, it's likely game over for most prospects. And he went up against uh, Mario Edwards at Florida State and had some pretty good reps against him. But disciplinary reasons, the red flags, I mean, supplemental drafts, you know, looking at those history picks, I mean, Chris Carter at the agent, or uh, I didn't graduate, it's academics, where his battle um, – you know, charged with hitting someone. He's also got that marijuana in uh, his uh, history. It was, I guess, they dismissed the arrest, but the rumor was he was going to get kicked off the team. So this is why he's forced to enter it. I think, um, like you say, he was on the map day two. People knew about this guy, but I, I just think he's got some regrettable footage. Um, most notably, the third quarter of that Florida State game. He just 
does not have that after the whistle, the nasty mentality, the, you know, just extra effort. I don't see it. So that's my biggest question. And on top of that, with the red flags, um, it's going to be difficult. I think we're looking at a mid-round pick when all's said and done. But the, the, the interesting part here is the teams that could be looking at them, I'm hearing a lot of noise out of Atlanta that they really like this kid. And because the athleticism is linked, the zone-blocking teams that would be looking at them, the Falcons with Kyle Shanahan now, uh, the Broncos losing Clady, they run the zone blocking now that they got Kubiak in-house. So I think the Seattle Seahawks would be looking as well as the Jaguars. Uh, they like those long tackles. But, uh, yeah, Atlanta, I'm hearing a, a lot of interest there. But once again, I don't know, Rick, that this guy's going to just jump in the line and help from day one. So that's why I would be so reticent. To, to give up a high pick, anything above a fifth rounder, I think, is a, a huge roll of the dice. And next year is a good class. And and if you if you do poorly this season, a fourth round pick next year could be a borderline top hundred pick or just outside of the top hundred. So is Battle worth the right. top hundo? I just don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah, you know, I mean, based on the talent, I wouldn't. I would probably invest a fourth round pick. But then you you mentioned the failed drug test, and it's not just one, but it's actually multiple failed drug tests. And this is becoming a more and more increasingly, I don't care type mentality uh, coming out of college. These prospects just don't give a you know what, and we're seeing it. Uh, we're seeing it with Shane Ray. We're seeing it with uh, Randy Gregory. We're seeing it with even. Uh, you know, players now established in the NFL, Sheldon Richardson receiving a four-game ban, you actually have to fail four drug tests to get a four-game ban. And you know what? All the testing is done in the preseason. They tell you. They give you a heads up. They warn you when they're going to come and test you. And once you get that out of the way, I mean, it's pretty much hands-on, balls to the wall for the rest of the season. Do whatever you want. So uh, just either blatant stupidity or they just don't care uh, this is an increasing problem in the NFL. Because of that, <clears throat> I do think he'll slide to the later rounds. And it's only because of the teams out there, whether it be injury or retirement, I think that will take a flyer on the on the kid. And, uh, you know, I see a sixth round, you know, uh, if, if a team really wants to grab him, I think a sixth round pick is reasonable because you have teams like, uh, the Giants, who who lost uh, Beatty for an extended point of time. The Jets here need a lot of help. Uh, the Eagles, you know, they brought in uh, Moffitt uh, with the loss of Evan Mathis, but they could still use some help. Uh, good work. I'm getting uh, a text here from our guy Roy Emerson uh, with his ear to the ground saying the Cleveland Browns are hot to trot uh, on Isaiah Battle. And, you know, I'll, I'll float out one other theory out there, you know, the 49ers who lost Anthony Davis to retirement and, uh, you know, could use some help on that offensive line. They actually have nine draft picks next year and uh, a bunch in the middle and late round. So uh, nine draft picks in tow. I could definitely see the 49ers using a late round pick on Isaiah Battle, but uh, I'm I'm going with the sixth round. You're saying as early as the fifth, Joe. Uh, you know, the funny thing is <laughs> there was one uh, anonymous scout quoted as saying he blocks like he's picking up a quarter. But uh, at the end of the day, if this kid maxes out his potential, I could see a, a very similar comparison to uh, King Dunlap over in San Diego uh, if, if uh, you can get the most out of this kid. So uh, came in a little bit bigger than we thought, you know, listed at 290, weighed in at 312. 
So definitely packed out, uh, packed on some pounds, uh, added to the frame, and he had a kid over the summer. Another uh, reason he cites for entering the 2015 NFL Supplemental Draft. So Isaiah Battle, uh, the one here getting all the hype, but there's some other prospects to talk about here. Joe Everett, Rick Saratella, NFL, NUC, Draft Bible Radio, Draft Digest. I appreciate all the feedback on the positional preview shows. Uh, we cranked through all the offensive previews. I know some people have been hitting me up about when we're going to do uh, the next episode, so look out for that next week when we dive into the defensive line. And if you're listening live, hey, I got the Blog Talk Radio chat room open. If you want to hop in, ask some questions, I see a couple people in there floating around. And you can call into the show, too. Uh, let's see here. Call in number 347-945-6275, 347-945-6275. So if you want to get in on the act and have a question about some of the prospects we're talking about, uh, call into the show or throw it out there in the chat room. We'll be glad to answer that for you. All right, Joe, moving right along, uh, we actually have uh, a pro day going on right now as we speak in Connecticut. Uh, Sean McQuillan, the tight end, six foot three, 247-pounder, and uh, I know that uh, his agent was able to confirm at least two teams are going to be in attendance, uh, but you know what? That doesn't really matter because these type of workouts – always get sent out to all the teams. Uh, 16 catches, 158 yards, and one touchdown a year ago. Uh, the interesting nugget from what I'm hearing is uh, I'm hearing that he's actually going to throw. He was a high school quarterback. He's actually going to throw for uh, his pro day workout, too. I guess flash some quarterback skills at 6'3", 247, a little bit of reminiscence of Jared Lorenzen, the hefty lefty over here. But uh, what's the 411 with Sean McQuillan and the UConn tight end? Uh, just limited action as far as stats, but he is a blocker. Um, he doesn't boast any plus athleticism or explosiveness that I've seen, but he's got the ball skills. He's got some size to him. Uh, there's a lot of players, though. The problem is on the free agent market that wouldn't cost a pick that I, that I believe, you know, you, you could invest in outside of this guy and uh, apparently beat up his own roommate in their off-campus apartment. So, once again, this is another fellow, red flags uh, abound. And I think the biggest problem for McQuillan is that he's a talented tight end from Connecticut that's facing a felony charge in the Aaron Hernandez era we live in. So, right there. Uh, off the board is I, I, I hate to say that like be so brash about it but boy that's just public perception and how these teams work I, I I don't see it but there's certainly game to him and from what I've read he was going to be a voted a team captain so uh, and you know the coach Connecticut speaks in very highly of him Diaco just you know boasts of like how he was a leader how he was a big example in the program as far as gaining weight being a part of the strength program and buying in. So uh, it is a shame for McQuillan that uh, he doesn't get to have this senior year. Uh, what kind of puzzles me is I think he graduated and would have had the opportunity to um, play at another school without having to sit out. So the question for me is why he doesn't go to another school and just try and get some tape out there, any tape. But um, I guess it's just uh, time has come for him. I'm just uh, – yeah, it's the, the public perception is really going to knock him out of uh, the supplemental, but he may make a camp. I mean, that's, that's, that's for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, you make some great points there, Joe. And uh, maybe maybe in the LeGarrette Blunt era, you can get away with this, but not in the Ray Rice era. And, uh, you know, the, these kind of uh, penalties are going to have consequences. And I think, you know, the, the NFL did some stuff this year with, with Chad Pennington and Mark Brunel kind of at the draft, educating some of the young players coming into the league and just everything that entails becoming a NFL level player. And, uh, you know, all eyes are on you. It's, it's extending into the college world now because all these students with cell phones and cameras, uh, you cannot do anything. Years ago, there was a bar fight. It was swept under the rug. Uh, the, you know, the, the police made a phone call to the, to the coach and, you know, we all was fine and dandy in today's world. I mean, it just doesn't fly uh, at all. All I, you know, you, the, the the bottom line is this: if you're a young player and you have aspirations of playing at the next level, any level, whether it's middle school to high school, high school to college, college to pro, uh, the bottom line is this: anything you do, you have to think before the action, and you're going to have to suffer the consequences. And unfortunately, this young man, uh, Sean McClellan, while I love his moxie and he's very confident borderline arrogant to the fact that he said he's going to make it there's no denying him he's waking up uh 5 30 a.m each and every morning so he claims very confident young man but you know i don't think he's going to make a living in the nfl uh he might have to go elsewhere first and and maybe work his way to that level now uh nfl draft bible senior annual analyst joe everett never leaving a stone uncovered uh, joining Rick Saratella here on the Draft Digest Weekly. We'll be uh, cranking out those defensive preview shows next week. And uh, the the uh, good Reverend is going to be back. Reverend Ralph Mancini, if you're listening to the show, will be joining us for the defensive uh, positional previews. And, you know, you can uh, follow us on Twitter for all the latest and the greatest. Of course, the new NFLDraftBible.com being unveiled today. So we're waiting anxiously for that now. Uh, another pro day that took place last week at West Georgia. A couple of prospects here, Joe. Uh, 15 NFL teams in attendance. Uh, defensive guys. They've got a defensive lineman, Dalvin Stuckey, as well as a uh, edge rusher type Caldwell. Uh, what can you tell me about these two prospects? Well, I like uh, Caldwell the most. I, said, I think he'll... Uh, Progress as a stand-up pass rusher. He's got that length. He's still got six, five, six inches. A four-star prospect. Uh, chose Illinois over Ole Miss, Georgia Tech, I mean, Mississippi State, South Carolina was looking at him. Um, academics have just been the thorn in his side. Um, he didn't qualify for Illinois. I ended up at Pearl River Community College, but still posted stats there. Um, he was going to be at Arizona State. I mean, he went the JUCO route and was ranked pretty highly, but once again, just could not make the academics. So this is why he's at uh, West Georgia. But I'm saying he can get into the backfield in a heartbeat. He really anticipates snap count well, and that's the guy I think that – I mean, not that he's going to get drafted, but I could see him making some noise in a camp just because so many teams were – they like the versatility that he offers. Whereas um, Stucky, the teammate of him, they're both from Pearl River Community. Uh, he was actually higher ranked as a JUCO coming out um, in 2013. So uh, he's got some size yeah, to him. State, and, you know, I believe. We, yeah, we've got the the history of 
the supplemental draft, there is that Jamal Williams being selected, uh, big nose tackle by the, the Chargers. Maybe this is the next in line. Uh, I don't know that he'll get selected if he does late round, but I guess theoretically he's the one that might have a, an outside shot seventh round. But even at that, not possible. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's an outside shot that the West Georgia kids go in the late rounds. Uh, most likely, you know, it seems like the consensus feeling is they'll be picked up and get into a camp, especially uh, while the rosters are still 90-man rosters. I mean, the, the bottom of those guys are always constantly churning and moving guys around. So, I mean, bottom line, Dalvin Stuckey, six foot four, 310-pound, uh, run stuff and defensive tackle, uh, very coachable kid from what the coaching staff says. And uh, he's your prototypical two-gat run stuffer. We gave him the uh, Barry Cofield comparison, and I think this is a kid who could come in, maybe play 15, 20 snaps a game as a rookie as he develops. And, uh, you know, if a team out there is looking for an upgrade on the, on the defensive side of the ball, stuff in the run, you know, this kid was uh, recruited by Florida State for a reason. The talent is definitely there. And Darius Caldwell, you know, we've heard great things from uh, David Irons, who actually has a training facility now down in Atlanta. If you might remember the Irons, uh, the brothers uh, <clears throat> from Auburn, David Irons, working with Darius Caldwell, kind of kind of just going to really remind you of Deion Jordan. Uh, unfortunately or fortunately, when you watch him play, just exact type of uh, frame, six foot six, 238 pounds. He weighed in at the pro day and, uh, just plays that edge type of rusher. Now, you know, I think his best fit is a is a 34 outside linebacker. Um, you see the the athleticism with the basketball background. So uh, Dalvin Stuckey, Darius Caldwell, two guys I expect to be in NFL training camps fighting for a roster spot. I wouldn't be surprised, Joe. Uh, here, how about this for a prediction? I'd say both Stuckey and Caldwell uh, stick. <laughs> with their NFL teams make a 53-man roster or a practice squad. Your thoughts? Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I can see Stucky just, well, once again, size, and, and it's, it's hard to find a nose tackle in this league. That's just still a, a fast rule that is going to stick. So I could see that's why, uh, you know, a, a coach could take a liking to him, whereas it's tough with uh, pass rushers and Caldwell, that's, more of a roll of the dice, his odds are, are longer, but you find it in, get in good with the right coaching staff, but it, it could happen. So, yeah, I, want, I will not bet against it. All right, Joe Everett, Rick Staratella here. 2015 NFL Supplemental Draft going on right now. Draft being held tomorrow. We'll find out the destination of some of these players, whether they get drafted or via undrafted uh, free agent signing status. But if you want to call into the show, Three four seven nine four five sixty two seventy five. If you have a question, you could always give us a shout on the Twitter uh, NFL Draft Bible. So uh, you know, if you have any questions, we can answer them via Twitter as well. And uh, let's talk about the next two prospects who are more of a uh, kick returner type of uh, guys. You know, Adrian Wilkins from North Carolina Central uh, plays wide receiver, but. Let's be honest, Joe, if he's going to make a roster spot, it's going to be as a kick returner. And Kevin Short, who, you know, out of Kansas, never actually played a snap for the Kansas Jayhawks coming over from uh, Fort Scott Community College, but uh, bring some size, maybe uh, 
does have a chance to stick as a cornerback with his size, six foot two, 185. But another guy who also returned kicks. Let's uh, talk about these two guys, Wilkins and then Short. What do you got for us on them? Uh, Wilkins, undersized. He is an explosive kick returner, so could make an impact on special teams. But uh, what's he going to give you on offense? Is he A. Sanders or Tavon Austin? You know, I, I think uh, he has the stats clearly make the impact, but it it's, doesn't look good for me. I mean, as far as where he's coming from, how he's going to fit in. And once again, like I just don't understand sometimes how free agents left available compared to what we see in the draft sometimes getting taken. It uh, boggles my mind. But, yeah, I, I would think there are so many other players that – deserve a shot before Wilkins, whereas uh, I like the short kid, uh, but he is not short. Just like you mentioned, 6'2", he plays a physical brand of ball. Uh, Redshirt in 2013, the hoops are uh, starting for Kansas last season, but I think also, you know, off-field problems here. He's got a bit of a personality issue, some coaches say, but still, you look at the game and what the the copycat league we're in, teams that like those long corners that can just play the bump and shut down the bigger receivers and take away those red zone jump balls. Well, Short's got that intrigue with his size. Uh, he could also transition to safety. So I think as far as these two guys, who's got the most upside and, and who could help it, and you mentioned too, he's special teams ability as well. So uh, how much do I get? Uh, will they call him in baseball the, the three-tool, four-tool player? I think short gives you a little bit more impact, um, won't be taken, but it's just, once again, like how bad is it off the field? Uh, What do we know about him? And that's, that's what teams are going to have to investigate in him. But I think it's worth the, the extra look into this kid as from an athleticism point, sure he's raw, but there's a lot to work with there from this DP. Yeah, you know, I, I actually watch him. He's actually got some physicality to him, like you said. Uh, he's raw, but he's long, he's physical. And I actually uh, compared him to Jordan Poyer from the Browns, uh, who's, you know, a good backup corner, uh, returns kicks a little bit, has some size to him. And it's funny you mentioned the Ace Sanders comparison uh, because that's the first thing that came to mind watching Adrian Wilkins. Uh, from a wide receiver standpoint, he is – a Sanders, especially on that deep rally, tries to get behind the secondary. But uh, this kid, you know, he he's a uh, like you said, Tavon Austin ask uh, takes a screen pass, uh, comes around the pick, takes you know takes a screen pass, takes it ten yards, and uh, kind of works with uh, short area space. That's his specialty. Uh, definitely has a chance. I mean, listen, he returned uh, three kicks, kick returns, three punt returns, uh, six touchdowns uh in his career that I think they might have all came in the same season I'm not sure I got to double check off the top of my head uh that's where the scouting reports over on nfldraftbible.com come in handy but uh you mentioned the baseball reference and that brings us to the last prospect we're going to talk about Joe Eric Island out of Houston uh not your uh, prototypical Rod Carew five years with the mm-hmm. Toronto Blue Jays organization uh, actually accumulated 1,200 at-bats and, you know, not not stellar performance there. 245 career batting average, 13 home runs, and 1,200 at-bats. Uh, didn't quite work out, so he decided to turn it over to the gridiron, and uh, he'll actually be turning 27 in September. 
So uh, any realistic shot of this kid making the NFL, Joe? Uh, no, and like you mentioned, the age is the worst part. Um, it didn't really show up at Houston either. Uh, not a lot of numbers, and it's difficult for a guy. Like like you mentioned, I mean, you're a second-round pick of the Blue Jays. you got to pursue that, and no one's going to blame him for, for going out there and try it. But at the same time, you come back to football uh, as a walk-on. Uh, now you just – the expectations were never there. Uh, or Sorry, they, they were just never fulfilled, in my opinion. And uh, at this point, it, it's another guy, uh, very raw. What are you going to get out of him? He's 6'2 or 6'3-ish. Uh, I think I'm not um, – I don't even know what to compare him to. At this point, like you said, what team's going to invest that in in somebody who's going to turn 27, I believe, before uh, the season even starts? Yeah, you know, and it's funny. You don't know who to compare him to because he's not an NFL caliber player, Joe, but uh, the <laughs> CFL <laughs> the CFL has been on quite extensively on ESPN and – you know, during these dog days of summer here, I actually embrace the fact that ESPN has brought back the, the CFL. And, you know, that's another cool addition that we started back up uh, at the new NFLDraftBible.com is the CFL coverage uh, of some of these American guys. I mean, guys like Jeff Fuller back on the NFL radar, Raheem Cato. Uh, the other night, the the uh, <clears throat> the coach decided to go with Cato over Brandon Bridge because Jonathan Crompton and both uh, Dan Lefevre are injured. So uh, Bridge had an oh. impressive performance that we wrote about, and then you know the the coach just rolled the dice with Cato, and he went like twenty or twenty five with three touchdowns the other night. But uh, bringing it all back around again, uh, this kid Eric Island from Houston. Uh, at best, he reminds me of Winston Venable, who you might remember coming out a couple years ago out of Boise State, now with the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, again, this is a prospect that he wants to make a, a living out of playing football. It's not going to be on Sundays on American soil, or maybe it will be on American soil, but it won't be on Sundays, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, CFL – Definitely a possibility, and ain't nothing wrong with that. Some some good quality football uh, north of the border. So ESPN, if you're listening, uh, feel free to make a donation and send us that uh, promotional check for that free advertising right there. Uh, I do. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, I do want to follow up. Um, I got a uh, direct in, or direct message here about the. NUC high school football event I mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, I did tweet this on the NFL Draft Bible handle, and you can also find out the direct link at the uh, at NUC football handle. But just so uh, you guys have the information, I'll I'll retweet this after the sh- after the show on Twitter. Uh, the NUC Sports Top 50 Player Shoot, uh, New Jersey Top 50 Media Day. I should say, uh, big big event. First time they're doing this, folks. Uh, this this is not a one time thing. This is this is the inaugural launch of the NJ Top 50 Player Preview. You'll be featured on NUCSports.com, NUCSportsMag.com, and a lot of big heavy hitters in the high school recruiting industry going to be in the house. And player photo. There's video shoots. Uh, you get to talk to the NUC Sports founder Dave Schumann, who's doing a 
interview series now on the NUC Sports with some of the top high school recruits. And, you know, the the, the big difference, and, and since this NFL draft bottle NUC Sports merger, uh, the big difference here is, you know, we're actually bringing real evaluations. You know, we just broke down all the supplemental draft players for you. Nobody else is doing that. Okay, you know, nobody else is going to take the time to, to bring it. And, and we have, you know, pages upon pages of uh, information on these guys, their background, their cause. But, you know, we do the same thing at the high school level now. It's not exactly the department I overrun and see, but guys like Barry Every, uh, you know, he's been recruiting coordinator for Florida State, Georgia. The, the man's been, you know, watching scouting high school prospects for about 30 years now. And you know we're not we're not just you know hey well player X has recruits from Alabama USC and Texas so he's a four star or five you know a lot of these guys just give out stars based on who's recruiting you we actually have real guys who who were you know recruiters and coordinators and are watching this and evaluating you and giving you the truth and you know if, if you're a top player you're going to appreciate that kind of perspective. Um, you should respect that kind of uh, perspective because if you're not a D1 player, we're going to tell you, hey, you know what, maybe you got to go to a smaller school. And if you are a D1 player, hey, you know what, we have so many contacts and, and access to colleges that we can help get your film out there. So uh, whether you're looking for a big-time scholarship, small school scholarship, uh, this is for underclassmen. We've got uh, Tony Collins in the house, former New England Patriot, talking about doing things the right way, his book. He'll talk about that. But, uh, you know, if you're a top player in New Jersey, this is the place to be. Gatorade's on board with the parabolic performance. Uh, off the hook recruiting. We told you rivals and scouts and 24-7 sports will be in the house. Uh, New Jersey Orthopedic Institute, shout out to them. Uh, of course, inspired athletes. And, uh the NUC NFL Draft Bible. So I will tweet out this link. It's a big, big event. If you want more information, feel free to contact me, RIC at NFLDraftBible.com. And uh, also, you know, if you're looking to get involved with the NUC sports team, we are still looking for a few good team insiders. So if that's something you're interested in doing, uh, there's a handful of teams. We need some team insiders, uh, preferably in the location of that pro team. So, again, you can email me, RIC, at NFLDraftBible.com if you want more information on that, you want to get involved. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Rick Saratella, at NFL Draft Bible. Joe's at Joe W. Everett, uh, two Ts. And uh, that about does it for our show. We're going to turn it over to Joe, actually, for a final word from him. And uh, we'll be back again, actually, on Friday, Joe, for our uh, return of the Mac, Mac Daddy. Uh, are you the Daddy Mac and I'm the Mac Daddy, or are you, are you the Mac Daddy and I'm the Daddy Mac? <laughs> oh, I'm the Mac because of the Mid-American Conference. You know I'm all about the Mac. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. So that's going to be a lot of fun, and probably the question I get asked, most more than anything else uh is when it, when is the fantasy football insiders coming back you're gonna do the fantasy football insiders on sunday well uh we're we're thinking about it and uh friday is going to be a, a a fun test show so we're looking forward to the feedback and response for that and we're not going to waste your time 
you know, again, we don't want to waste your time hitting you, banging you, bopping you over the head with all this watered-down mainstream media nonsense. Oh, hey, Aaron Rodgers is a good pick. Anybody can tell you that. We're going to skip right over the top players. We go digging in the crates. We're going to go, I got, like, a dresser with 10 drawers. I'm going to the bottom dresser, bottom drawer, Joe. I'm pulling out all the deep sleepers <laughs> at each position, and uh, we're going to have a lot of great perspective from yourself. The Reverend Ralph Mancini will be on board. Uh, we're working on maybe, just maybe, possibly the fantasy Taz Jim Day in the house. And, uh, you know, uh-huh. also a special shout-out. <laughs> oh, hey, now. I'm telling you, it's going to be an extravaganza, bonanza, fantasy football blast. If you want to just blow away the competition, uh, I'm making space right now as we speak on the mantle for my new fantasy football trophy collection this year. And uh, that's just how we're going to do it there with that. That's going to be Friday at noon. We'll tweet that out as well. Real quick, special shout-out to Joe Everett, uh, putting all the hard work in that he does, never leaving a stone unturned. Uh, Roy Emerson helping out with the uh, supplemental draft previews. Of course, Tyler Mace uh, pouring out the uh, prospect uh, scouting reports for the 2016 NFL draft. Uh, David Kay and David Schumann, the Davids, for all their behind-the-scenes work. Uh, Patrick Schuster and Brant Morrell uh, contributing and doing what they do. Of course, Paul Kelly, the good Reverend Ralph Mancini. Uh, we have so much good stuff over at the NFLDraftBible.com. Shout out to Tim Apple making that happen today. I really appreciate it. This is hands down the hardest working staff in the business. And uh, you're going to see that. Just check us out. NUCGold.com. You want to you find out what it's all about? Use my promo code RIC2015. Uh, you can get 20% discount on any type of membership there or try it out for a free one-week trial. And uh, God bless. That was a hell of a show. I uh, hope you appreciate what we brought to the table. If you do like it, support us. Click subscribe. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, all the followers we can get. And uh, we'll see you next time, everybody.